I'm baritone Zachary Nelson, and you're listening to the CVH Podcast, the realest, most unadulterated classical podcast. Namaste. This is international opera star Brandon Jovanovich. This is Isabel Leonard. This is Matthew Polanzani. This is Christine Gerke. This is Tara Arak. Hi, this is Lucas Meacham. This is Soprano Angel Blue. This is Susan Graham. This is Daniela Mack. This is Solomon Howard. Famous mezzo-soprano Jamie Barton. This is Matthew Rose. This is Dave Crawford. Sasha Cook. This is Joseph Kalea. This is F. Paul Driscoll, editor-in-chief of Opera News. This is Renee Barbera. This is Alex Schrader. This is Morris Robinson. This is Kate Lindsay. Brenda Ray. This is Charlie Castronovo. This is Joyce Alcouri. This is Jennifer Larmore. This is Michelle. Young. This is Scott Connor. This is Baritone Mike Cavallari. Arturo Chacon Cruz. This is Scott Scully. This is Brian Griffin. This is Paula Murray. This is Ed Parks. This is Yussi Fevazov. This is Lise Lindstrom. This is composer Jack Kaiser. This is Eileen Perez. This is Elsa Vandenhever. Aloha. This is international baritone Quinn Kelsey. This is Holter Van Horn, and you're listening to My Papa on the CVH Podcast. Thursday, May 20th. This is the CBH Podcast, and you're listening. Thank you. That's a long intro. That is feeding the ego. <laughs> Did anybody else feel really weird taking the mask off? Did you take it off? Are you living in a place where that would be strange? You know, th- this is kind of a rural area, and so it's not so strange. It, it felt very weird indoors. Uh, very weird. Uh, you know, in some places are still requiring it, some places are not. Uh, and there's there's definitely some confusion among... I went to uh, Lowe's the other day, and people were definitely wearing them. But I walked in without thinking, oh, surely this gigantic warehouse of a store isn't going to do it. But sure enough, everybody was. But it is weird. It's weird to be at the gym. Like I said, backwash air. Uh, but, you know, I thought about it for the first... I thought about it walking in for sure. And then I continued to ponder it as people were close to me and, and clearly breathing heavy. Um, but then after 20 minutes, I didn't think about it anymore. I think we're going to drop these masks as, as quick as we pick them up. I have a sense. I do feel safe, um, you know, uh, being vaccinated. I definitely feel safe. And I, I know there are people among me, especially in, in uh, central Virginia here, who are probably uh, anti-vaccine. But um, uh, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I, feel, I feel much safer um, I, I know plenty of people who got this thing now. And some people it was um, um, lethal, and some people it was a bad weekend. And so, um, you know, you you have this thought that if you got it, you'd be okay. But at the same time, you're like, well, what if I'm one of the unlucky ones who uh, go down hard with this thing? And so it was a little strange, but uh, feeling good that it's not uh, this awful thing. Uh, you know, get all the way up to the store and realize you left it in the car and... Uh, I like it. I like that it feels like we're we're moving in that direction. And, and from all uh, predictors, which are often wrong, but from what I read this morning, uh, said by mid-July, things should be really shaped up. And a uh, brilliant thing this week, um, both the Paris Opera and the Chicago Lyric Opera, or Lyric Opera of Chicago, as they like to be called, um, announced their seasons. And, um, you know, Paris is putting up a full season, and um, uh, Lyric is putting up a slightly modified one. Um, it, it's modified in that um, there's uh, fewer performances, but they're up and they're open. 
and the fewer performances just have to do with getting their audience back as opposed to uh, further precautions. They are going to shorten the show uh, a little bit, and they're going to avoid like uh, proper 30-minute intermissions. Uh, I think they're just going to have, I think from what I understood, they're going to do a couple, one or maybe two 10-minute um, scene changes. And this is an attempt to keep people from congregating uh, in the lobby in large large groups, which is you know probably where they're they're most uh, susceptible when they're you know rubbing shoulders, waiting to go get a drink or uh, on the line for the bathroom and stuff. And boy, it's encouraging to just see that they're that they're going to do it. You know, this was a full throated, energetic uh, season announcement, and boy, it felt like old times. Um, just oh, I, f- I forgot how much I missed it to to. Um, you know, see the announcement and then go check and see who you're working with. And, and, you know, for the most part, we know like the biggest couple roles and the maestro and the director, we know that stuff pretty far out, although singers change all the time, but generally the, the music staff and the, and the production are going to be who they say it is from the beginning. And so we always sort of know that, but you never really know every role. Um, you know, it's not something that's always known five years out, but uh, it is nice to say, oh, I've got to see old friends. And then you look around at the other shows that are going to be in the house at the same time, and you're just, oh, you know, just, I've been in this long enough that there's there's uh, old friends everywhere. And, and uh, it, it just felt good. It felt good. That was the um, the consensus. And then I had a really long conversation with my agent yesterday, and, and she said her work is definitely exponentially um, increasing. And so, you know, far fewer Zoom meetings and a lot more um, uh, companies calling to, to book clients. And, and um, I don't know, it's, it, nobody wants to like claim victory because this thing seems to ebb and flow, but uh, certainly feels like we've made it over a major hump. And my next three gigs are firmly intact and uh, four gigs, the next four, really the next, the next year is firmly intact, uh, you know, barring something something awful. It looks like everything's a go. And so we're just, uh, counting down a little bit. Uh, I'll be in Paris, um, by June 5th, I believe. It seems like they lifted their EU restriction on, um, vaccinated people. They're not going to make you quarantine. Uh, you know, they've been quarantining. Anybody coming in from, uh, outside the EU was quarantining seven days. And that's what I did when I went a couple months ago. Uh, and I was worried that that was going to happen again because I don't, I don't have the time in my schedule to go early. I'm trying to close two houses here. And, uh, but it looks like that's going to get lifted. Uh, we should find out tomorrow if the United States made their, made their okay list, but we must, I mean, you know, we've got the vaccine if anybody's allowed to come in. And I have to think that Paris, which now has restaurants and museums and, and, uh, shops open, uh, are looking for some uh, tourist dollars. So I have to think that uh, America will be on that list, which is great because the quarantine was rough. Uh, you think, oh, uh, who wouldn't love seven days off? You know, like everybody wants seven days off. But uh, after two days, you go, okay, <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> you know, all the gyms are closed. All the shops were closed. There was nothing you could do. And I really technically wasn't supposed to be out of the apartment, although I, I had to go for a walk every day. I thought I'd go nuts. And so I did that, but, um, you know, for the most part, it was seven days of, of, uh, waiting around, you know, which is good to review your, your role, but, um, it's not so good for your brain. I'm not good with idle time, especially alone. It's not good for me. I can, you know, like uh, one long walk with my, with my headphones in, uh, that I love, but, um, every morning, every night, uh, just, uh, by yourself is rough. Uh, and so being busy is everything for me. 
and so I was sort of dreading this second second pass at a at a long quarantine. So I'm I'm happy to looks like we're going to avoid that. Uh, Got to just keep uh, keep on a vaccinating. You know, at this point, uh, you know, in thinking about the people out there who are not um, who are against getting the vaccine for a myriad of reasons. You know, I, I some some reasons I really understand, and some I don't. You know, um, if I was a if I was a, a young healthy woman who is thinking about having babies soon and, and you've gotten a little bit paranoid about extra shots and things, you know, like that's a very reasonable fear. I, I don't think it's a, a legitimate fear, but I, but I understand it. Uh, you know, but any older person, any overweight person, anybody with some kind of preexisting condition, if they haven't got it and they're willing to put themselves out in the public, uh, that's on them. <laughs> you have been duly warned. Uh, what a, what a incredible time this all has been. I I I look back on the year fondly. Now it wasn't always easy. That summer was rough for me. Uh, you know, and I'm not special. It was rough for a lot of people. Uh, when it was just so bloody hot here, and just felt like you couldn't get out. And I live in a I live in a big house. You know, it was it was easy to change the scenery, but but still, it was um it was just like this loss, this loss of identity, and and it's it's coming back. And and there's fear in that too. Uh, there's fear in going uh, back to this full time. Uh, not fear, but you know, it's like a little hesitation. Like, wait a second, uh, I've been doing this for a long time now. Uh, I don't know. It's so funny that there's no um, there's no formula to career. There really isn't. Uh, you can hit all the goalposts and still not make it. You can hit none of the goalposts and make it. Uh, it's not when pe- when people come and ask me for um, advice. Uh, which happens. I, I'm 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 honored that people would trust me uh, to to ask me things, and 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 when they do, um, I always say, look, I'm I I can I can tell you everything I did. I can tell you everything I think you should do, but just keep in mind that there's no two identical paths. Uh, when I was coming up, they gave you two options. It was it was uh, go to Europe or do an American Young Artist program. That was like if you did either or of those two things. You could move to the next level of uh, full-time uh, guest artist, and then um, uh, it, during my time and and a couple of groups behind me, this transition of, well, you're going to need to do a young artist program and probably go and take a fest contract. That was that was what I did, um, and and that that was a route. But there was also plenty of people that left school and started working. There were plenty of people who. Went to a young artist program and never worked again. You know, like there's there's no set formula. And and the the only thing that I can really say, and that's what I say to everyone ultimately, is get in the room and then kill yourself to stay in the room. That's really what it is. Because we can all work everywhere once. Uh, I I I've, I've worked at over forty different opera houses. You can work at every opera house once. The the game is getting asked back. And this is where the strategy sets in as to what you need to do, and um, um, it's it's a it's a it's a price you pay every day. It's it's really success is borrowed and the rent is due every day. Uh, that's that's how I look at it. Even today, I, I never I never go into a rehearsal half ass or tired or ill prepared. Um, you know the bosses walk in all the time, and you also don't know who's reporting back. Uh, plenty of music staff are reporting all the time about how things are going. Uh, you're, you're To think that you're not being monitored is crazy. Years ago, I was at the Met in a show, and um, 
this is long enough ago and I've done enough there that you're not going to be able to tell, but, um, it was a, it was a show, uh, it was a pretty sizable cast and we got to a uh, final dress and two of the major singers in the show started marking like with the orchestra in full costume. And, and, you know, it had been a long day, you know, those orchestra days are often two, three hour sessions and, and they had a lot to sing. Uh, you know, all the, all the reasons why they were tired, I completely understand, but they started marking and every last person that was, uh, important for you to sing for were in the house that day. And the mentality of, well, I'm here, so I'll just, you know, I'll always be here is, is foolish. <laughs> All but like three singers in the world are completely replaceable. <laughs> and, and I, and I grabbed one of them because I could talk to them like this. We were, we were friendly enough that, um, that I could say, I said, I, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. If you've got anything left in the tank, I, I would, I would, uh, go through this the way the way the good Lord intended, um, it, it felt like a mistake. Um, they didn't hear me for sure. They were, they were over, <laughs> they were over it that day and they were certainly over me suggesting that they should continue to work hard. But, um, uh, you know, who knows, who knows if it hurt them or not. I, I haven't seen, uh, I honestly haven't seen either one of them since. Now that's not to say that's from just that day, but it could very well be from an overall mentality, uh, that they carry, um, where, where um, they're not re-energizing their commitment every day, and that's really what I think it is. This, this, um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I have marked in my life. Marking, you know, uh, for those of you who don't know, is just singing in half voice or down an octave. Uh, it's it's basically taking it easy. What ends up happening is that you're using half your normal energy to sing, and then that bleeds right into your performance. So now you're sort of half acting. It's it, it it's hard to avoid. It, it's hard to keep one thing intense and the other not. Uh, and so uh, I certainly try to approach everything with that intensity. Um, uh, when I was uh, in school, and uh, I was at Yale, and we had a we had a mess of. Um, a lot of heavy, famous singers that would come in and coach us and master class and things. And, and, uh, Cheryl Mills would come in every year and I loved to see him. I really did. He had great stories and he was my kind of singer. Um, uh, just somebody who was, who was going to die on stage for you. And I don't think that I'm like that, but I would like to be like that. Uh, and, and he, and, and he would say, you know, we would, we would be rehearsing and he stopped me. Uh, we were, we were going through Faust and, uh, and he stopped me halfway through and he said, you know, and he was frustrated. I could tell he was frustrated, which I appreciated because he really could have just come in and fluffed his way through the whole thing and been very impressive and, and left and not, not cared, you know, but he, he cared in this moment. And, um, he said, you sort of need to practice being awesome now. Like when, when are you going to be awesome? Are you suddenly going to be awesome, uh, in the performance? Is that just going to happen out of nowhere? Uh, you need to start thinking about being amazing right now. And, uh, that was, uh, that hit home for me. That really, I, 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 I saw his point immediately. Um, there are people that show up on day one and they're ready to go. I mean, they could do the performance that night. Uh, and there are other people who show up and their, and their, their score is barely creased. Um, uh, it's a mistake. I th it's a mistake for me. Maybe, maybe it's not a mistake for everyone and they can, they can go through the process and, and improve, but, uh, isn't it better if you just come in all ready for it and then improve? Uh, 
that has definitely been my approach and something I tell everybody. Um, when you practice, practice a performance. Practice being awesome now. You know, you have to you have to feel everybody's eyes on you. You have to feel the pressure of the lights and the set and the and the costume and the maestro and the director who doesn't like you and the soprano who's being a pain in the ass. Like you need to sort of already be in that headspace. Uh, I I take that and then pre-performance I always it's almost meditative um you know I'm not sitting there with my eyes closed but um I will calm way down and I'll go through the whole thing in my head the whole show in a very positive and successful way where I'm I'm envisioning it going exactly the way I want so my little pre-show fantasy it is an absolute home run. And I think that sets me off in the right direction uh, because there is a mental game going on, same as like golf. You know, just golf looks like it should be the easiest game in the world. And then you realize that 85% of it is in your head. Uh, you know, just <laughs> swinging a club and whacking the ball straight. You, you know, with enough practice, you can be very good at that quickly. Uh, but it's this, it's the mental part of it that's that gets in your way where, you know, all of a sudden you're teeing off in the first hole and there's a group of guys around and you just shank one just from the sheer pressure of eyes on you. Uh, and there's, you know, singing is the exact same thing. I think golf and singing are very, very similar in that um, the mental game has to be uh, really dominated because everybody's good, right? And anybody who plays professional golf is good. And anybody who plays professional opera is good. You don't get here. The The... the the opera ecosystem is self-cleansing. Uh, it it gets rid of what it doesn't need. It's it's brutal that way and beautiful in that um, the the talent and the most successful people um, it it's it's happening from a from a, a need basis. Uh, this business needs people who are awesome. It has no use for people who are not awesome. <laughs> What a ridiculous way to put it, but that's it's it's a self-cleaning ecosystem, and when you're no longer needed, uh, it's very quick to purge you. Um, uh, it's funny, I, I spoke to um, uh, David Gockley after a performance uh, in San Francisco, and, and David had just recently retired the year before, and he came back to see the show, and he and he was so happy to see the show, and and I've worked for the man for a decade, and so he was he was very happy to see me, and we and we were chatting for a second. And, and, um, you know, just in small talking the guy and, and going through what retirement felt like, I said, I said, well, surely people must come to you all the time and want counsel and, and, and help. And, and he said, Christian, let me tell you, nothing makes you more unimportant to the business than retirement. He said, nobody called him. Nobody looked for his advice. He said, I'm out of the game. And, and it, and it surprised him, and he said it. Um, this was clearly something he had thought about, <laughs> uh, and and he said it. And he said, uh, "When you're out, you're out." And and if there's you know if the business doesn't really need you anymore, it's all just uh, the fluff. Uh, and and boy, that was some truth. That was some honest truth. Uh, and and I don't think I'm talking out of school. I think he would say that. I think he would. I think he would say that out loud. Certainly, he did to me. Um, uh, you know, and, and that made, you know, it's, it's beautiful and it's sad at the same time. Uh, sad because maybe you thought, well, there's going to be a place for me when I'm done with the big job and, and I'm going to be a, a counselor. And maybe since then he has, you know, in, in all likelihood he has. But at the time, uh, it, it had gone uh, about a year since he had officially retired and, and hadn't felt his 
being needed. Uh, I think that's eye-opening. Now, look, the, you know, the man had a tremendous career. He owes no one anything, and uh, so that you know, there's no, there's no, um, there's no bad feelings about that. But it was just the reality, uh, and he, and he and he made it very clear to me, and that's that's uh, an important aspect of this self-cleaning process here. Um, when you decide you're done, the, the business goes on, uh, or or if or if the business decides that you're not going to go on, you're done. Uh, it's it's a it's a brutal bitch. <laughs> anyway, we're, I'm going to go jump back in. That's happening soon, and and uh, all my friends will be here. We'll we'll uh, we'll improve the quality of these podcasts. You can be done listening to just my dumb voice, and and uh, we'll get some uh, hilarious people in here, and and uh, and get into it. You seem to like that, and uh, I shame my friends until they say yes. It's, uh, you know, some people resist this kind of thing and some people resist because, uh, I'm, I'm not interested in any sort of fluff at all. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not here to promote your CD. We can do that, but that's not why I'm here. <laughs> uh, anyway, this has been the Thursday, March 20th CVH podcast. I love you for listening. I hope, uh, everybody has a great weekend and, um, We'll see you on Monday. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Yeah.